Welcome to A Life Invested, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the lifestyle of your dreams by investing in people, assets, and yourself. I'm your host, Roger Comstock. All right, my friends. Well, welcome back to A Life Invested. I am incredibly thankful to have an exceptional guest with me on the show today, somebody that I've recently come to know, love, and appreciate, respect a ton. This individual is named Braven Grant, and he has accomplished so much uh, for how old he is. I'm excited for each of you guys to be able to learn from his story and take some notes. Keep your minds open and your brain like a sponge because this guy has so many meaningful things to share with you about how to improve your life and uh, experience more happiness and uh, fulfillment in what you're doing. First and foremost, Braven is a father and a husband. He is also a lifelong entrepreneur and it started a highly successful health and fitness brand, Gains in Bulk, at 17 years old. Braven has built it to a multi-seven-figure-per-year company, incredibly impressive, and he is passionate about the extremes of human potential and maximizing it. So, Braven Grant, welcome to the show, brother. So grateful to have you here. Well, I'm grateful to be here. Thanks, Roger, and it's been awesome to meet you in just the last little bit and last like week since I've known you, but I feel like, um, yeah, one of those people that you just get along with instantly and you're like, man, we've been friends for a long time, so I'm grateful that we're able to get together a little bit more this week, so. Oh, likewise, man. The feeling's mutual. I mean that, and I appreciate you so much. First and foremost, I want people that are listening to the show to be able to go and follow along in your journey and learn from the insights that you have to to give. Yeah. And so what's the best way for people to stay in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram a lot. Like, I'm, I'm getting new on TikTok and all that, but Instagram's like where I post most of my just real, like in just my life content, whatever. Um, so Braven underscore Grant. Um, you can find me there or a company gains in bulk. Um, yeah, Instagram or, you know, I'm always active on there. Shoot me a DM or whatever. And, and, and I try and stay pretty active and, and engage with, with people on there. So. I love it, man. Love to hear. Yeah. Go follow this guy. I'm serious. If you're not following him yet, you got to make it a priority. Um, the stuff that you'll learn from what he's putting out will allow you to kind of up your game, maximize your life. Uh, and so it's, uh, ex it's exciting. Uh, to think about uh, what Braven has done in such a short period of time. I mean, he started this highly successful company at 17 years old. Most people are trying to graduate high school right at that time. And this guy has started a successful business. And so tell us how you kind of got to where you're at, Brave. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I mean, it's uh, really, I didn't start a highly successful company at 17. Uh, we started a not successful company at 17. Um, <laughs> And uh, it took a long time and, and I still, I don't know, I, quotes around successful just because, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey. But, um, you know, when I was 17, me and my brother, we kind of, we started a company kind of splitting off from my dad's been in the health and nutrition space for, you know, my whole life for, you know, as long as I can remember. And mainly in like uh, whole food supplementation, whole food formulations, things like that. He's a really smart mind. And when we kind of, we kind of got into the fitness side of things and got excited about that. And so we started uh, this company kind of as a, a split off from some of the things that he was doing to go more into the fitness and like athlete realm. And it just started like, you know, I would say almost just like a hobby. And uh, me and my brother, we would basically buy raw ingredients uh, from my dad. And then we would take them and sell them at uh, like fitness expos and conventions and things like that. And so we were going to you know, seven, eight different expos a year, traveling all over the U S and just setting up a booth and <laughs> selling product. And that was how it started. And it's a lot changed since then. Um, that wasn't really a great business model we realized. And 
we were pretty much just like risking everything to go to an event and then hoping and like crossing our fingers it would pay off and and then doing it again and you know a couple months and again and again and it just it was a slow process but we learned a lot through that and learned a lot about people and communication and sales and um so i'm grateful for for those years and and uh now we run a lot more like online and direct to consumer and, and with our community there and uh it's it's been a little bit better as a, as a, a model for our business for sure dude i love that man that's incredible um, so many people want to be able to experience kind of what you've done, um, especially in such a short period of time. And I loved that you said, I think it's super important for people to, I mean, we'll backtrack a little bit and talk a little bit about some of these points that you made that you said at 17, yeah, the company wasn't successful yet, which is to be expected. It's brand new. You're just getting off the ground. And mm -hmm. what I think is so important for anybody to know is that the best step they can take, the most meaningful step anyone can take is just getting started, putting one foot in front Absolutely. of the other and then kind of learning as they go. I too have experienced the same thing. My first year of business, it was like, holy cow, what am I doing? This is mm -hmm. way harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and you experience, you know, some peaks, but you experience a whole lot of valleys. Yeah. Um, but they do make, you know, the good times just so worth it. Uh, there's yeah. nothing, I, I would never, I could never go back to the corporate world. So maybe if you could kind of elaborate on how you, we're able to muster up the courage to mm -hmm. take that jump into the world of entrepreneurship at such a young age and to stick with it, even when yeah. it was uh, challenging. No, I love that. I made actually a video on my social a couple of weeks ago. And I, I basically think like the title of it's like, just get started. And I just talked about how grateful that I am that I started so grateful that I started when I started, because there's this piece of the game that most people don't talk about, you know, in business and entrepreneur space where like, if you can, if you can just stay in it long enough. And I don't want to just say like, just survive, but like, you know, to a point, like if you can really just stay in it and, 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 and stay alive to, you know, for lack of better words, like you start to learn things, you start to experience things, you start to meet people and network. And a lot of times, like when you start a company, it's only six months old or a year old, no one believes in you. And I think it puts a chip on your shoulder where you're like, why don't these people believe in me? But I mean, we haven't given them any reason to believe in us. And so as you actually show, no, I'm serious about this business. And then you're six months old, one year old, two years old, people start to actually go, Hey, I think they might be doing something over there. Hey, I think they actually might have something over there. And so there's people, you know, that even still, and now we're, you know, uh, almost six years old, that'll still be like, Oh, they're still young and don't know what they're doing. It's like, and, but there's more people every day coming on board, seeing what we're doing. And they've been watching for a long time. You know, I see them, I see them seeing my stuff. But not really acting on it. And so I think, you know, part of it is like just getting started and getting in the game and being committed to it long term. Like it, it's going to put you light years ahead, right? Like I know there's all these statistics, like 80% of businesses fail before five years. Well, it's like you can put yourself in the top 20% by just making it past five years. Like you don't have to do anything else. Um, and so, anyways, I do strongly believe in that principle of like just get in the game and then and then stay in it. I mean, as far as like risk tolerance too, like when you're young, like you're not risking that much. Like I, I tell my wife sometimes, like, you know, especially when we were struggling at the beginning and I wasn't hardly paying myself anything and things were tough. And I would say like, babe, look, I'm going to, let's say we do this and we commit all in for 10 years and it fails. I'll be like 30 and I can go be a dentist and I could be making a couple hundred grand a year by 40. Right. Like I think we put, we put so much risk and fear on it when it really like the risk is waiting till it's too late until you actually have stuff to risk. Um, and so I don't know, 
I, I think like for me, I've been blessed that I did start so young and, and have just been in it and, and continue to be like, Hey, you know what? I'd rather do this than I dropped out of college. I'd rather do this than, you know, work. I sold door to door for a little while and the money was better momentarily, but we're optimizing for something bigger long-term. And I've just been fortunate, I guess, to have mentors and people who have helped me kind of see the value of the long-term over the short-term. Dude, what a great answer, man. This is so good. I hope the people that are listening are taking some mental notes or even better, some notes on a piece of paper so they can refer back to what you're teaching because it's incredibly useful information. I mean, it will, it will certainly help somebody that applies it. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about what you had mentioned regarding risk, right? Because so many people are like, man, I, I'm a little nervous to start this business because it seems so risky and what if it <laughs> fails? And in my mind, I'm always thinking, dude, failure is like the greatest thing in the yeah. entire world. In fact, I wish it had some uh, better connotations, right? Because when people <laughs> when people uh, hear the word failure, they, imme- they immediately associate it with something that's negative or wrong or bad. I actually, me and my sweetheart right now, we're trying to have kids. And when, when my kids, as they get older, I want to sit them down and ask them, hey, tell me where you failed today. Mm. Help me understand where it is that you were struggling. I'm so proud of you for trying. Congratulations yeah. on having the courage to, you know, move forward. Because I love that. People, right? Like it's it's so important. And people all the time, they they expect, they have this pseudo expectation of, hey, here's point A down here and point B is on this peak. Yeah. And they just feel like they could teleport to the top when really, <laughs> I mean, mountains are made to climb and we yeah. have to be willing to go through the, you know, exerting ginormous amounts of effort to finally yeah. get to that summit. And the reason it feels so good, that summit just, man, there's no better feeling when you accomplish a goal that you've been pushing to hit. And it's because you've put so much into that. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I, I love what you had mentioned with risk. It, it's way more risky not to move forward. Yeah. It's way more risky to stay in a, you know, quote unquote, comfortable position in the nine to five grind in the rat race. Um, in investing, there's this term that I really, really like. It's called asymmetric risk. And it's this idea that, you know, you, you could put some money in, you could put some effort in, some sweat equity into something. Yeah. Um, and it's going to require, you know, some skin in the game. But the upside is exponentially higher than anything that you're going to put in. You know, whether yeah. it's your again your money or your time, you can get a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Comes out. Have you found that to be the case with your business so far? Well, dude, I love that. First off, just about the failure thing. Like my dad's always said to me, like he would say, like Grant's learn through failure, not fear. And that was something that like was ingrained in me. And it's been powerful. Like because if you're trying to learn through fear, it's going to take so freaking long. But if you're willing to learn through failure and just say, fail, 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 fail fast, fail fast, fail fast, dude, you can learn a lot really, really fast. Um, And so I love that principle of just like failing, you know, and failing fast and failing forward. Like as far as risk, yeah, like, dude, if you are working in a job where the, the, the system is put time in, get money out you'll never create outsizing returns. You're only going to get the return on your time, right? You might start, the the value of your time might go up incrementally over the 30 year career, right? But you still are going to put in 40 hours and you get the value of 40 hours. But in a business or in an investment, kind of like you're talking about where there's also the risk side, um, you can create outsizing returns. You can create returns that don't, don't necessarily correlate with the amount of time you're putting in, right? So at the beginning of a business, yeah, like, I pour, poured everything into it and we sacrificed a ton, me, my wife, other people that have supported us and our team, like a lot of people are sacrificing, 
But the crazy thing is like, we're creating massive outsizing returns, right? Like if you look at a company, our goal is to become a billion dollar company. When you look at a company that sells for a billion dollars and someone takes home, let's say one of the owners owns 70%, takes home $700 million, there's no hourly job in the world that could create that type of return. So you've created outsizing returns. Even if you put 10,000 hours into it, you've created an outsizing return. It's the same thing, NBA players, people are like, why do NBA players get paid so much? It's like, well, they created outsizing returns. Like they put so many hours in up front that now every hour they put in, they're getting paid just an astronomical amount. And that'll never happen. You can never have that happen inside of an hourly type of career because you're not taking the risk side too. You have to put the risk in, in order to create a side where there might be outsizing returns. Dude, these are such great points. I want to I want to talk about these for just a little bit because they're so important for people to understand. First of all, like a lot of times people will look at somebody like you, Braven, and they'll say, man, he's just so lucky. The dude's so talented. I could never do anything like that. And I, I feel like that's a, a very large disservice to the amount of time and effort you have put into getting to where you're at because it is hard work. Mm -hmm. No matter who somebody is, they'll do the same thing with professional athletes. Yep. They'll look at Tiger Woods and they'll say, man, he's just born to golf. He's, he's always been good. It's not the case. I mean, his dad, I mean, worked that guy over on the golf course yeah. and Michael, right. Same yeah. with Michael Jordan. Well, I mean, the guy worked, please. No, I don't want to cut you off, but like, I don't think it's just unfair to me or to Michael Jordan or to Tiger Woods. I think it's unfair to yourself. Because the second yeah. you say, hey, that guy was so lucky. That guy was so blessed. That guy was, so... and look, dude, I am freaking blessed. Like there's a lot that I've gotten because of the position I had where I had a dad who knew a lot about this industry, who had n done so much of his own knowledge, like building his own knowledge of supplements. But you, it's not only unfair to me to say I was lucky. It's unfair to yourself to say that I was lucky or anyone was lucky because the moment you do that, you're taking yourself out of the game. You're giving yourself no chance. You're, you're saying, oh, if I was lucky, I would have it but I'm not lucky. So I can't dude. You're out of the game. So it doesn't matter if I was lucky or not. The only way to get in and, and have some sort of return in life is to say like, it's on me. Like there is no luck in the equation. And I do believe in luck to a degree, but at the end of the day, it's, it's us who gets to create it. And the second we say someone else was lucky, we just take ourselves out of the game. Yeah, that is, man, I could not agree more with you, brother. And sometimes people almost use that, um, that that idea as an excuse to make them feel better. It's like, oh yeah. man, he's talented. I could never do that, so I'm not even going to try. And it makes me feel like, oh, I'm I'm comfy sitting right here. I don't need to move because that's not really in my blood to do that. When really, if they were to be honest with themselves and say, no, I can, I can do anything that I want if I put my yep. mind to something. If I can build it here first, yep. I can realize it. I can make it happen. And you look at Kobe Bryant. I mean, the Black Mamba mindset. This whole idea of being in the gym four mm -hmm. o'clock in the morning shooting free throws when everybody else is sleeping or partying. And there's a reason Kobe was so good at what he did. Will Smith, I, I, I think he's an incredible individual. Yeah. There's a great book by Jim Quick entitled Limitless that I would encourage any listener here to listen to. But he talks about how he was on, he was on the movie set with Will Smith and at like three o'clock in the morning, Will is serving every single person food. You know, most people would think like Will's this movie star and everybody's catering yeah. to him, but he is, he is committed to being the very, very best at what he does in giving so much. In fact, I want to read a quote really quick uh, yeah. from Will Smith. This is so cool. It's uh, it's amazing what this guy has done because he he attributes everything that he's built in his life to the principle of hustle, a lot like what you're 
you're mm-hmm. teaching here. This is what he said. He says, I've never, I've never really viewed myself as particularly talented. He says, where I excel is ridiculous, sickening work ethic. Mm-hmm. While the other guy is sleeping, again, this is Will Smith. Yeah. But we see this is kind of like a common vein in everyone that's successful. While the other guy is sleeping, I'm working. While the other guy is eating, I'm working. The only thing that I see that is distinctly different about me is that I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill. You might have more talent than me. You might be smarter than me. But if we get on a treadmill together, there's only two outcomes. You're getting off first or I'm going to die. I will not be outworked, period. It's such a simple, basic concept. The majority of people aren't achieving the things that they want strictly based on hustle. And Mm. dude, people need to learn how to flex that hustle muscle. You know what I mean? Serious, how to build that thing up and work hard. Um, So I want to ask you. I do too, man. I do too. I think it's it's incredible to – I love looking at people that have just been wildly successful and trying to reverse engineer what is it that they've done mm-hmm. to get there. So I'm sure people are wondering with you and what you're currently doing and accomplishing on your road to success and entrepreneurship, what are your what are your habits that, you, mm-hmm. that you've gotten into? Yeah, dude, I love that question because I think like recently there's a book called The Gap and the Gain, super good book. Um, you know, I'd recommend anyone read, but – as entrepreneurs, as, you know, people who are overachievers, like it's easy to feel so like unfulfilled or feel so far behind. Like we have big goals, big aspirations. And anyway, so this book, Gavin Gain, super good book, but essentially like what it, 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 the principle that I got from it was like the success is in the day. It's not in the achievement, right? Like you're successful when you do the things today that are leading you where you want to go. And you're successful on that day. And so like every day, one of my things I tell myself is like, I'm successful today because I won the day. And that's like what I write in my journal at the end of the day. And so anyways, I love that question of like habits, because if you look at your life and you say like, am I living a life of whatever thing you want, right? Am I living a life of someone who has a six pack? You know, you can answer that question easily. Am I living the life of someone who has a hundred million dollar company? You can, you can answer those questions with just by looking at your habits. And so I ask myself that quite often and look at my own habits and, you know, I'm not perfect and, you know, I can improve my work ethic dramatically. And, and that's, I think, an empowering place to be and realize, but I do have some habits. I think have been the reason that I'm at where I'm at and where I'm going to be going. And in, I would say the main one is a focus on just planning my day. Every single morning I plan my day. I use something similar to the power list, which is something from Andy Frisella, where I pick three things in the morning that I get done before the day starts. So before 8 a.m., I get three things done. I call it the pre-game, the pre-game three game. And so I get those three things done before 8 a.m. And then I have five things that I get done during the day. And that's it. Like, you know, selecting those three things and those five things, I start it with like, I write my goals and I visualize what I want. And then I just ask, what are the three things that I can get done before 8 a.m.? It would lead me to my goals. And then what are the five things I can do today that lead me towards my goal? Sometimes it's things with my wife going on a date, spending time with her, you know, asking her questions. Sometimes it's, you know, a person I need to call or a business relationship I need to get back with or, you know, a project that I need to complete or progress on that day. So I think that to me is the biggest habit that I've built that I've seen massive returns on is just saying every day, you know, here's my goals and then, and then just selecting what I'm going to do that day to move me there. And you don't have to do, you know, eight, you can do two things that day, one thing that day, five things, 10, whatever it is. Like I would say, don't go too dramatic. I started with the five and then I added the three, you know, I was more recently just because I felt like I had grown my threshold to be able to do that. Um, 
but anyways, yeah, man, like just winning the day, you know, I have on my journal, it says like at the top every day, it says win the day to win the decade. And that's like the thought every day is like, if I win today, 10 years from now, people are going to be like, what the frick that guy got so lucky. And it, it won't, it won't have been luck. You know, it'll have been winning the day for thousands of days in a row. Man, there is a lot of stuff here that I want to kind of dissect because this was so good. This whole idea of win, win the day, win the decade. I, I'm really a big fan of this principle. Um, and the reason I like it so much is because I've found in my own life that consistency is something that will compound. And I talk about this often, this principle of, mm-hmm. you know, it's the small, tiny things. They, they don't even really seem to make much of a difference. Yep in our day-to-day lives, but over a decade, right? We look back and we go, holy cow, that little tiny habit completely transformed my life. And more importantly, it transformed the outcomes that I was able to get. Like, you know, it's like an airplane. If it just, if it just gets one degree off of where it was planning on going after a certain amount of miles, it'll be just clear out there, right? In comparison to where it was. And we can make those same kind of trajectory changes in our own individual lives. And I really, really like that you had talked about planning your day as part of your habits. And I think what's important for people to understand is that it doesn't need to be some strict, um, it doesn't need to be one way or the other perfectly. Yeah. It just needs to be something that works for them. Um, I just recently had Randy Garn on my podcast. He's incredible. He works with Brendan Burchard, just mm-hmm. a, a brilliant guy really, really high achieving coach and has a heart of pure gold. And he writes in his journal as part of kind of his plans and what he does every single day. And then I had another highly successful individual named Casey Baugh, who owns a very, very large real estate company on the show. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't write in his journal every day. He just does it once a week. He does a weekly planning with like yeah. a Tony Robbins primer, which I love. And and I love for you, you have your pre-game, uh, pre-game three game uh, yeah. <laughs> plan here, right? And that that works for you. And so I think the principle is that people just need to do what works best for them. And the idea behind it is that individuals should not get overwhelmed, right? Because looking five years into the future, they may think, man, I want to build this huge company. And it looks like this ginormous elephant. And they're like, I can't do that. That's too big. But if they're to break it down into these little granular pieces, bite-sized pieces that they can do every day, slowly but surely they'll find themselves getting there. Is that, is that the case? Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent, like I would say the two things that I personally think prevent us from being getting where we want to go. And this is the first one's going to sound so stupid, but I think the number one reason people don't get what they want is they never decide what they want. I talk to so many people and I have every person on my team, every person on my team, they build a vision board and I meet with them quarterly. And I just ask them, you know, what do you want right now? What are you doing to get there? And how can I help? And I mean life, not just here at the business, but I think the number one thing is first people don't figure out what they want. You can ask anyone, Hey, what do you want? And the, usually the answer is just all over the place or they don't know, or they, ah, I don't know what I actually want. And I think people get so stuck on that too. Like it doesn't have to always be some crazy thing. You can just say what do I want right now. It might be something, it might be money. And you don't even have to explain why you don't have to tell your parents why it's like, you can just be like, look, I want a couple hundred thousand dollars. I want whatever. Like it is. It doesn't even matter, but to not put down what you want, to not write it down, to not decide, then it's like the Alice in Wonderland quote, you know, where the Cheshire cat says like, you know, if you don't know where you're going, it doesn't matter what road you take. Well, that's how your life's going to go. It's if you don't know what you want, it doesn't really matter what you get. And unfortunately, you're going to end up with getting things that you don't want. So first is deciding what it is you want is the main 
thing that people have to figure out. And then it's just like doing things that align with that. Right. So once you know what you want, it's so easy to plan your day. Literally, you can sit down however you want to do it, whether it's in your phone, if it's an app, I know there's apps for it. If it's just literally a piece of paper or a notebook, just write down, okay, I know what I want. What's two or three things that would get me there today. Or, you know, in my case, I do five and I do three before, but it's like, once you know what you want, and then you can just hit down critical tasks to get there, dude, it's like, you just start moving at a pace you can't imagine. I, I can't remember what the number is, but here, let me just do it in my calculator here. So if someone does, you know, if someone, how many critical tasks do you think someone gets done in a, in a week, in a month, right? Where they actually move things forward. I don't know. I've talked to a lot of people and it's like in my head when they're answering the question, I think it's probably like three to 10 things that they, they intentionally thought about and went and did. Well, dude, when you start winning the day and doing five critical things a day or eight critical things a day or three critical things a day, like in a year, I'm getting two to 3000 critical tasks done that are directly moving me towards my goals. Like, do you think if you did 3000 steps directly moving towards your goal, you were going to get closer? Like, dude, you're going to, you're going to probably move farther than you think you can move. Um, but the problem is it just, you don't see it on the day, right? You, you do those five critical things that day or those eight or those three and nothing changes and nothing changes and nothing changes. But after a week, after a month, after six months, dude, your whole life is different. Literally your whole life is different in six months of just doing something every day to move you towards the thing you want. If you know what you want. Yeah. I love this. Albert Einstein explained that compound interest was the eighth wonder of the world. And, Mm um, outside of just money, I would say compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. And, Mm -hmm. And just what you're saying, you know, your, your future six months can be completely different yeah. than what you thought it was going to look like based off of small decisions that you make. And one of the things I really like here that you mentioned, that's super important. Maybe I'll ask you one other question after this. This is so fun to <laughs> chat with you, Braden. I love this, man. I think the world of you, brother. But I think that one of the things that you highlighted that's very important for people to understand is this question. And it's something people should ask themselves and not just ask themselves, but get very clear about, and it's, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Right? What do you want? Because if they were to write that down, if somebody were, cause they think they know our brains are kind of like these abstract, truly brainstorms, yeah. right? It's not a crystal clear, sunny day. They're like storms up there. And we, it's sometimes it's hard to kind of see the, the clear picture. And so if somebody were to write down on a piece of paper, what do I want? And really get clear about what those things are. It's a lot like driving in a, in a snowstorm. You know, and when it's a whiteout, you can kind of pick out little images. But if you can turn on the windshield wipers and get a clear mm-hmm. picture, it's really easy to, you know, Absolutely. hit the gas pedal and get there a little bit faster because you feel like you know where you're going. It's not this scary, like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to wreck, <laughs> you know, um, which is a good thing. And I I, I want to say, too, Brian Tracy, he's an old timer, but, man, I sure love yeah. him. him and Zig Ziglar. Those guys were just legends. One of the things that he teaches is this principle of if we do hard things, life is going to be easy. Mm. And if we do easy things, life is going to be hard. Love that. I do too, man. Pick I your think heart. it's just, what was that? I said, you got to pick your heart today or tomorrow. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And pick, pick your heart or pick your regret. Either somebody's going to, mm. you know, they're going to work super, super hard and they're going to put a bunch of time and effort into something and they're going to accomplish a ton and they'll look back and just say, man, I'm glad like you said, I chose that hard, or they're going to choose some regret and they're going to realize after they've sat on a beanbag with a game controller and Cheeto stained fingers, 
you know, look back and say, yeah. dang it, you know, I could have done so much more. Um, I think and the, even to that point too, Roger, like, please, or maybe someone wants to be a gamer. Like, so I've had this funny thing of like thinking everyone should want what I want, but that's why I say like, you might want to be a gamer. And like, even though I just, I like have no understanding of gaming and like wanted to be a gamer, but if that's what you want, and then you go and you just work all day, every day. And like, you never get to do the thing that you like actually want. That's actually what you want. Like, dude, just figure out a way to do the thing that you want. Like, I don't know. I, it's just so, I just think it's so funny that like we live our life so often, not ever actually defining what we want. And, and it leads us to just like, I don't know, just a life of just always feeling like we're unlucky or other people are lucky or whatever. When it's like, dude, if we just decide what we want, you can pretty much create anything. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Anyways, I <laughs> like, just figure out what you want is, is the most probably crucial thing to start with. Yeah. And I, man, I really love what you just said because yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with being a gamer and making a lifestyle of living out of it. Those people can crush it, yeah. but they, they, they figured out a way to be able to discipline themselves enough to say, okay, here's really what yep. I enjoy doing. So how, how can I monetize this? How can I make a living out of it? Yep. And they create some channel or something where they get a bunch of views and they, can create a living out of something they're truly passionate about. Mm. And I think that's a, a really, really meaningful principle because a lot of times people have this mindset and we're kind of conditioned to think a particular way based off of our educational system that yeah. we graduate, we go into the corporate world, they tell us what to do, and then, mm -hmm. then we get a two-week paycheck. Whereas somebody can understand like, man, hey, I love to pitch a baseball. Dude, go start a coaching program teaching people how to pitch. Or I love yeah. to play video games, right? Then you can go pick a, a career where, yeah, you're making yeah. money doing that. Or I love fly fishing, you know, yeah. coach fly fishing, whatever it may be, you can, you can do really well. And I think it, a lot of that kind of boils down to who someone is learning from and what they're willing to act on. I think mm -hmm. knowledge is not, knowledge is not power at all. Tony Robbins teaches yeah. this principle that it's, it's knowledge applied that becomes wisdom. And for me, I look at, and it can't just be I don't know. I feel like it's so important to get different points of view across yeah. the world to be objective. Cause a lot of people, like I love, and I can see we both have, I've got Russell Brunson's books. I saw <laughs> you've got them right there behind yep. you too. He's somebody I look at and I'm like, man, this guy is one of my very, very favorite people. But you look at Russell Brunson and then you compare him to somebody like Alex Hermosi or Tanner Chittister and they have very both super important viewpoints on marketing. Yep very different kind of points of view. Yeah. Right. And if you can step back and kind of combine those things into something that works for you, it seems to be really uh, beneficial and yeah. it breeds success. Amen. No, love I it, love it. Like, I think, you know, it's so funny because you can listen to like a Gary Vee video over here and he's like, yeah. don't ever sell, don't ever market, don't ever use a funnel. Like, don't be a scammer. And then it's like, you have like Russell Brunson and Leonard being like, sell, 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 sell. And it's like, what's the truth? It's like, dude, the truth is like somewhere probably in the middle, but it's really just like being able to gather all that information and make like a real decision. And at the end of the day, like Gary Vee believes the way he believes because he's tried both and one's worked for him. Russell Brunson believes the way he's believed because he's tried both and one's worked for him. And it kind of comes back to what we were saying about just being willing to learn through failure and not fear and not being like, oh, Gary Vee said this and Russell said this and this guy said this. It's like, dude, just go and act. And like, you're going to find out if something's working or not and then pivot and, and keep moving, you know? 
Yeah, I, I love that, Brave. Absolutely love that idea. I think too, um, you know, there's this idea of providing value and it, value is worth something and people's time is worth something. Mm-hmm. And so I love it. Some people, again, like whatever they choose to do, if they can if they can find a niche where they can fill a gap or, or solve a problem, then they can make money from doing it. We look at Hermosi and he found that gym owners needed a help, uh, needed yeah. a hand with kind of processes in the gym and he's made a killing that way mm-hmm. and there's there's so many problems in the world right now that need to be solved yeah. and somebody can just say all right i'm going to pick this one and i'm going to become the master of that particular problem and uh that's that's where people make make all the money by just providing value whether it's gary v you know doing what he's yeah. doing and creating and curating content or russell brunson and teaching people how to market online i i love that man Maybe uh maybe one more question here, Brave. I love yeah. it. If you could uh if you could have lunch with any historical figure, who would it be and why? Whew, that's a really good question. Um you know, out other than Jesus Christ, um I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and so you know, I almost feel obligated to say that. But if you're talking more just like historical figures, um, you know. I think that I think I would choose Abraham Lincoln. And, and I think the reason is because I love this question. I, I read a lot about Abraham Lincoln and spent a lot of time studying him. And something that's interesting about him is he lived at a time where, right, we're kind of just, you know, the, the whole revolution and all that is pretty recent um, in history. And, you know, there, and he felt he literally had writings where he was talking about, I feel like I feel like the heroes of our day have already been like decided, right? Like the founding fathers, there'll never be anyone who can make that level of difference the, the way they did. Like he, he almost felt like there was no um, opportunity left to just do something that was truly amazing and truly impactful. And, but he just went on to live his life. Kind of what we're saying is like, he just went on to live his life every day that way of like, I want to serve people. I want to help people and I want to do what's right. And when you look back, it's funny to have to read of him saying, man, I feel like there's no opportunity left to really make an impact in this world. And we see now like, man, the major impact that they Abraham Lincoln made in the world. And I just think I've felt that even in my life, right? Like, man, it's like we're in 2020 and like, you know, <laughs> like what, where's the opportunity to really make an impact? And I think um, it's powerful when you read about Abraham Lincoln, the way he was able to do that. And I think that's, that's what what I feel empowered to do is like, I want to do something that really makes an impact. Our company currently at great, we sell supplements, but I'm really passionate about helping people see and believe and achieve what's actually possible, right? Like what they're actually capable of. And I think that, uh, yeah, like if, when you can, when you can just live your life in a way of, of excellence and it, with a commitment to excellence, the way he did, man, just powerful things happen. And I don't know, I, I would just love to, to sit down and talk with him and, and understand why he was the way he was, how he did the things he did on a daily basis, um, what called him and made him felt, helped him be motivated the way he was, the way he forgave people. If you look at the people that were on his cabinet, they were the people that were his enemies at one point. Um, like it's just, it's just, he's just a powerful figure. And I think has so many values and principles that, that I love and admire and would love to just know, I don't know what developed those in him how he stood strong with them when he was in the face of losing those morals and values. And yeah, so that's who I would pick. <laughs> Sorry for the long answer, but. Oh, dude, don't apologize at all. I love learning from you, Braven. I'm just over here listening and learning, man. I, I think you're, 
an incredible person. And I, I too, I think it'd be incredible to spend a little bit of time with, with Abe Lincoln because he wasn't always the way that we perceive him as, right? We perceive him as this incredible leader, but he was, he had a lot of things that he struggled with, you know, growing up and figuring things out. It kind of goes back. It it really ties in everything we've talked about today. It was, he, he got into some meaningful habits based off of the experiences that he had gone through that enabled him to really achieve his potential as a monumental leader and somebody that individuals want to emulate and, and become like, yeah. Uh, just from overcoming these these challenges. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. Okay, I told you that'd be the last one, but I'm just enjoying it. So I've got one more. And truly, this is the last one here. Yeah. I want to ask you what the most important lesson is. Because right now, I mean, again, this is, you're a bit of an, a, 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 this is an anomalistic situation where we've got a 23-year-old individual <laughs> who is, has, is doing, you know, seven figures a year in his business. That's, that's incredible. Um, and so, People, I'm certain the listeners are, are are wondering, man. I mean, this is this is really cool to to yeah. hear about and learn from. And so, what would what would you say the most important lesson is that you've learned, Brave, in your experience so far? Man, um, it's a good question. I think, like, obviously, you know, there's so many little pieces to business or anything that we try and be successful in this world. Like, there's so many little tactics, but as cliche as it sounds, like just the most important thing is in my opinion is just really to like one, like I said, decide what you want, but then believe that it's actually possible for you. Like to believe that you actually have the potential, the capability, you know, that with time and work and energy, you can achieve whatever it is you want. Like that's just, that is just the recipe. Like as you might think it's dumb, you might think like, Oh, like belief and self-development, all that. So it's just, bull crap but it's like it's really not show me one person that's successful that doesn't say to you i believe you know you got to believe that you can get here i believed i could get here and i got here you know i used to my dad worked with a lot of nba players when i was young and i would go and and they would sign a jersey or sign something for me and every single one of them would write something along the lines of believe in yourself dream bigger your dreams can come true like all these things and it was just a few months ago i went back and i was looking through this old box of all that stuff and i thought man they really meant that it wasn't like a joke. It wasn't like a cliche, like they were living their dream and they really wanted me as this young kid to know. And every kid that they signed their stuff, cause I wasn't like special. It was just everyone. They wanted to know, like, no, you actually can be- like, you can get whatever you want. You just have to believe it. And so as, as, as dumb as it might sound or whatever, like you, you have to, you just have to, like, you just have to believe in your potential. And if you don't, find a way to start believing it, start saying it out loud, start writing it down, start visualizing it, whatever it takes, right. In those things you might think are silly, whatever it takes, like to believe that you're capable of something, do it. And I think winning the day is one of the most powerful ways to believe you're capable of something, because when you start doing something every day and you start winning and winning and winning, you start telling yourself you're going to do something and doing it, you can start telling yourself bigger stuff. Right. And this is the last thing I'll say. I remember the first time I said I was going to do hundred thousand dollars a month. Every single person around me at that time in my life laughed, just laughed, like genuinely laughed, like genuinely was like, okay, here's Raven again with his big ambitions and whatever, and not going to back it up. Well, I remember like, I'm talking to my dad, my mom, the people who did believe in me, didn't believe me. And then I did it. And then they were like, okay. And then I said, Hey, we're going to do this. And again, everyone laughed and then we did it. And then I said the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. And people are like, dang 
he did it. And so now when I say we're going to build a billion dollar company, some people laugh, but a lot of people believe me. And it's because I believe it because I've done it over and over and over. I've said, I'm going to do something. I do it. And now I believe, man, that's super far away. We're still only in the multi seven figures. We haven't even quite hit eight figures yet. So that's really far away, but I believe it because I've seen over and over and over again that I've said something and we've done it. I've said something and we've done it. I've said something and I've done it. And now I know I can say we're in a billion dollars and we're going to do it. And I think it just takes that level of confidence. So even if you're not there yet, pick something that you can be confident in, do it, and then realize, man, I can say something bigger. I can say something bigger. I can say something bigger. And, and that, that creates a power that will attract people to you. It'll attract people to believe in your vision. It'll attract people to believe in who you are. People will tell me, my wife doesn't believe in me. My wife doesn't think this. My wife, you know, I'm like, dude, because you don't show her any reason to believe in you, right? Like you say you're going to be fit and then you go sit on the couch and do nothing. So of course, when you say that, she's not going to believe you. Show her that she has something to believe in and then they'll believe in you or your family or your friends or your whoever. And so, man, I just think like to find that belief is, is the most empowering and powerful thing you can do. And, uh, I think the best way to do it is, is to start winning and doing things. And then the integrity and the, the belief and trust, all that follows when you just do it. Dude, this makes me so happy to have <laughs> had you share that because that is the most important thing that you could have shared today. Um, yeah. Belief is not some like abstract, you know, um, piece of the pie that doesn't matter. It is the biggest piece of yeah. somebody's journey to success. And there's a great book by, David Schwartz um, entitled the magic of thinking big. And there is truly, there is, there is magic in it. Yeah. And I don't just believe that you're going to get to the billion dollars. I know you will. Um, I, I mean, you're the highest caliber type of person there is out there. And I know just the kind of person you are, you put your mind to something. I know you're going to go get it brave. And I think it's really cool to see. And so I'm, I'm excited to be on the sidelines watching you. Um, and I'll look forward to seeing the announcement of when that happens. It'll be Absolutely. great. Um, I mean, you're, you're going to accomplish so many incredible things you already have. And so I just feel so thankful, honestly, for your friendship. I feel thankful I have had the opportunity to get to know you a bit better and to have met you at that conference we attended. And I just uh, love and appreciate you, brother. Thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Appreciate you, Roger. Thanks so much. Hey, you bet, man. We'll catch up soon.